This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. The problem in ministry is that if you serve man to the point where you become a man pleaser, you don't only last for a little while. We're here to serve people. We're not here to please people. That's the problem. That's what gets people all burnt out. I know a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors, burnt out because they try to please everyone. You see, as a pastor, I'm not here to please people. You know how I could please you? Is by giving you the truth of the Word of God. That is it. That is my responsibility. Paul wasn't a man pleaser. The entire focus of his ministry was on serving God and spreading the gospel. He treated others with the love and grace of God. But sometimes that meant having hard conversations. Often that meant confronting an issue of sin in another person's life. As Pastor Eddie explains, his role as a pastor is not to please the congregation, but to proclaim the truth of Christ, even when it doesn't feel good. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie for today's edition of Running the Race. lived with other believers. And so people that were with Paul, they witnessed Paul from sunrise to sundown. They saw Paul kneel down in prayer before he went to bed. They saw Paul get up in the morning and walk in the day. Can you imagine? They saw who he was. They saw how his mannerism, they saw everything. So they know him. They, they saw him. They, they studied him. They lived with him. And you know all too well that the people uh, that know you better, the ones that live with you, right? You know, even just think about that. It's kind of scary. The people that really know you, you know, they know you well. They know all the good things, the bad things, and the things that don't go in public, right? The things, this stays home, honey. We don't share this with everybody, <laughs> you know? You really know someone when you live with them. I'm surprised when people, you know, share with Judy things about me, you know, and it's, it's some nice things or whatever she always tells me. I said, just keep it coming. Not just kidding. I say, I'm surprised you didn't say, well, try living with him. <laughs> you know, pray for my wife. She needs it. <laughs> anyway, Paul lived and set a godly example to the church, to the disciples and all that were with him. He was an elder. He was concerned. Uh, he loved the Lord. And here's one thing. If you're concerned about what people think about you or how people judge you or you're afraid, you know, if you fix your eyes on Jesus, you don't have to worry about what people think about you. You don't have to worry about, you know, you trying to, you know, you know, hide anything from anyone. Don't hide anything. Just live for Jesus. You don't have to worry about that. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Imitate me. But he, he is, you know, it's not an example, you know, like, you know, instead of imitate Jesus, but he said, but imitate me as I follow Jesus. And of course, it's not for us to really fix our eyes on a man. The Bible says, damn, is he who confides in a the man. Then later on, Paul, Paul, Paul writes 
in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, verse 1, he says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. This is how Christians should live and leaders, and pastors, and ministers. If you're a Christian, regardless if you're in ministry or not, you ought to live, set that example to the world. And Paul was one because he knew that he was a leader. But he set that example because he cared, he loved, he, was a, he had a shepherd's heart, he was a teacher. And that's the heart he had. I love his letter to the church of Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, we can see the heart of Paul here. He said, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own child, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. Not only sharing the gospel because I love you. Yeah, I want to even give, surrender, you know, my life to the Lord and give my life to the Lord, but also to you. I want to serve you. This was the heart of Paul. He had the heart of a shepherd. He says, you know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I've always lived among you, verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. You think about the life of Paul. How can a man like Paul make it through all these years of ministry, all that he'd been through and all the suffering, stone, almost left to die? And he made it all with, with, with many tears and trials. How can a man like Paul make it through all these years? You know how? By serving the Lord. It says there in verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility. He served the Lord. You see, the problem in ministry is that if you serve man to the point where you become a man pleaser, you don't only last for a little while. We're here to serve people, but we're not here to please people. That's the problem. That's what gets people all burned out. I know a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors, they're burnt out because they're trying to please everyone. You see, as a pastor, I'm not here to please people. You know how I could please you? is by giving you the truth of the word of God. That is it. That is my responsibility, is to teach you the word of God. But, you know, you have some church circles where the people have the voice. You have some church circles where it's board run, where it's what the board decides. And that's the problem, because now we're pleasing the board. Am I a puppet to the board, or am I serving the Lord? You know, if it's all about the people, let me tell you, Jesus would have never had disciples, because it's not biblical. That kind of government, church government is not biblical. But Paul was one that sought the Lord. He, sought the, he wasn't a man pleaser. I'm not a man pleaser. Many times I get people, they'll say things, it's fine. You know, you show me in scripture, how am I to obey that? And where I'm wrong, I, my, my pulpit is always open. My office, everything, anything I say, do you think is unbiblical or not true or offensive? Have an open door. You don't have to call. We don't, get, we don't have that problem. Somebody recently sent a letter with no name, whatever. We just throw them out. You want to remain anonymous? In the garbage you go. I'm an open man. If you want to bring correction to the church, the ministry, and what we are, because we're not like your church. We're a different church. Every church is different. 
And people think that, oh, well, your church should do this. No, that's your ministry, your church, your calling. God has called us to do different things here. Every church is not the same. We have people with all kinds of ideas. And, and so I'm not a man pleaser. Write letters all you want. Just put your name on it. If you don't put your name, I won't entertain it. <laughs> anyway, not a man pleaser. And that's what Paul did. He wasn't, he wasn't there for man. He, he served who he served. He served the Lord. He served God. He wasn't a man pleaser. Thus far, we've seen Paul. Paul served the Lord with all humility, and this is important, serving God with a whole, all humility because Paul was a man. If, we, if you've been with us through our study, we've seen the Lord use Paul in miracles, healings, casting out demon, demons, and, and, and you know, just turning a whole region of Asian Mida to the Lord. What, what incredible ministry. Even knew the word in Scripture and taught it, and he always pointed to the Lord, never took credit for it. Never say, oh, yeah, I have the healing powers. You know, come to me or send $5 and I'll pray for your sickness. You know, you get that a lot. It's sad. And I believe God could really use. I still believe that God can still use people. And he's still doing it now. But he needs people he could trust with the powers that he gives them, with the ministry he gives them. He needs people he could trust. Is this person a humble person or he's going to get all the credit? Is he going to point to me? He's going to give the glory to me? Or is he going to get all the credit? Paul was one who did it in humility. We see, all, we see his life, but he never took the credit. He served the Lord with all humility. And it says, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Paul always had opposition. You know, it's like, it's, it's always automatic. It's always faithful. He serves, he, he does the ministry. And all of a sudden, it goes the attacks from the enemy. It happens. It happens all the time. It happens to me, but I don't entertain it. I continue doing what the Lord tells me to do. Who cares? I ain't got no time. <laughs> I, got, I, I got no time to deal with the enemy. I, I deal with the Lord. And Paul, he, he, many tears. I'm pretty sure what, what put him to tears was the fact that his fellow Israelites, his kinsmen, uh, don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He had a heart for people. What do you think he would go with sail and walk all the way to go to Jerusalem during the, the feast? Because he loved them. In, in, the, in the book of Romans, he writes that he, he, he cares about, he loves them, that I might be accursed for my fellow brothers, my fellow brethren. And Paul always had opposition. Jesus Christ had opposition. And the men who he with right now, they knew they were, many of them were witnesses. He had, he had opposition in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, Thessalonica, Berea, Corinth, and many more. That was the life of Paul. Many opposition. You're going to have it. But I know Paul, I, I love his heart when he writes to the church of Philippi. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, he says, For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. To die is gain. In verse 20, he says, How I kept back nothing, he tells them. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you. He held back nothing. Doctrine, theology, everything he knew. Paul was a scholar. He was a Pharisee. He was a teacher. I held back nothing from you. And this is a good teacher. When a teacher can say, I held back nothing from you, that's a good teacher because a teacher's heart is to teach anything and everything that he or she knows. That's a good teacher. I remember a third grade teacher who, third grade, that's how powerful those words were. And I, I listened to her a lot because she had my brother. 
And she would say, why can't you be like your brother? And she said, she was talking and, you know, she was saying that a good teacher teaches you everything they know. Someone even asked, one of the kids asked, well, how do you feel that your children do better than you? We're young, we didn't know. And said, no, that's great. I want my kids. My kids are supposed to do better than me. And also my students. And that really meant that I remember that to this day. When you hold back nothing, you teach everything. And that was the heart of Paul. I held back nothing for you. I want you to know all of Jesus and everything about Jesus. That's why we do the full counsel here. I don't skip any verses or anything. We go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. So you know it's the whole counsel of God. And some people are always knocking down, oh, that's systematic. To me. So you know what? There are people who are growing a lot faster by knowing the word of God. The full, the whole counsel. That's what Paul's going to say later on. Haven't I taught you the whole counsel? I didn't give you bits and pieces and sermons and sermonettes and five points, 10 points, 20 points, 100 points, sermons. I gave you the full counsel of God. Paul kept back nothing. He proclaimed the gospel. It was the central message. And he shared the gospel with them. And he said, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Paul didn't only teach behind the pulpit. Paul taught publicly. He even rented a school from Tyrannius. and went into the house. He, he went to the house of the Gentiles and of the Jews. And it was the same message for the Gentiles and the Jews. There weren't two different men. It was, okay, this is my sermon and my teaching for the Jews, and this was for the Gentiles. No, the same central message and the message pointing to Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul taught them house to house and in public. And what did Paul teach them? Verse 21. Testifying, it says in 21, testifying to Jews and also Greek, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. This is important. If you want to study a little bit of theology, study this. Repentance, but I love the, th- the two words that are added to that, repentance. It's three words again. Repentance towards Christ. Repentance, what does that, what does that mean? Acknowledging sin and turning from it and following the Lord. There are people that repent in the way they turn around, they turn their life around in certain areas in their life. It's just portions. But when we surrender our lives to Christ, it's our whole life. There are people that they do very well. They, 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 they've had habits in addiction, alcohol. Oh, yeah, I've been sober 10, 15, 20 years. But have you heard about Jesus Christ? Yeah, I heard. I don't care about that. What about the rest of your life? You change that area. But, yeah, you want to change everything is repentance towards Christ. is not only repentance, but repentance with a direction that leads you to Christ. Repentance from sin. All sin. Unrighteousness, ungodliness. Unrighteousness deals with sin against man. Whenever the, the word is used, unrighteousness in scriptures, is sin against man. Man against man. Ungodliness is sin against God. So unrighteousness and ungodliness, to God they both sin. Because when you sin against man, you sin against God. Here it is. When you look at the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal. That's a commandment from the Lord. Who are you stealing? You're not stealing from God. You can't steal from God. You're stealing from man. Thou shalt not kill. You can't kill God. You're killing man. So the commandments are always horizontal and vertical. Unrighteousness, ungodliness, all sin has to be put away. 
and it leads you to the direction of repentance, leads you towards Christ, faith, faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now in verses 22 and 23, Paul continues uh, his pastor's conference. This is probably session two, the next, no, not just kidding. This is session two. He's going to talk about his immediate future, verse 22. And he says, and see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testify in every city, saying that chains and tribulation awaits me. Have fun, Paul. Holy Spirit, you know, he's in his spirit, he wants to go to Jerusalem. And the same spirit is saying, listen, you want to go to Jerusalem. Yeah, that's great. I'm confirming that in your heart, Paul, because that's, that's who you are. You know, that's why we called you. You know, you're the one. You're the man. But here's what. Tribulation awaits you in chain. Chains and tribulation. Now, Paul, Paul, we study, he's a man who's led by the Holy Spirit, not by the flesh. Not by, he's led by the Holy Spirit. We saw in chapter 16 when Paul wanted to go to the area of Galatia, the Holy Spirit forbid him. Then he redirected himself and going to Bithynia, the Holy Spirit did not permit him. When he made it to Corinth in chapter 18, we find that, okay, and I fear, I'm getting old for this. This is too much already. What? The Lord meets him in the night vision, and the Lord says, do not be afraid, but speak. And do not keep silent. Everywhere he went, filled with the Holy Spirit, is in his spirit, going to Jerusalem. But also, you're going to Jerusalem, Paul, but something awaits you. And here, the Holy Spirit just tells him right up front, you're going to Jerusalem, but chains await you and tribulation. You know, I love Paul. I love the ministry. You know, everybody talks about ministry, church, and but if you want to sign up for Paul kind of ministry. You know, let's just look at, I love 2 Corinthians chapter 11 because it gives us a short list of his suffering. And I think we should, I think we should, you know, as Christians who really want to serve the Lord, want to make an effective impact in the world today, study this. Study this. Study the life of Paul. See what he been in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 to 27. He said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes above measure in prison, more frequently in death. Often from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day. I have been in the, in the deep in journeys often in pearls of waters, in pearls of robbers, in pearls of my own countrymen, in pearls of the Gentiles, in pearls of the city, in pearls of the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Who wants to sign up for ministry? That's ministry right there. That's ministry. That's for real. And that's what I love about Paul. He, he was a real man. He was a real human being. He was a minister. That is ministry. How many ministers could say that now? How far we've come from being labeled a minister or even an apostle. And that's what turns my stomach when I hear somebody say, oh, he's an apostle. Oh, really? Really? You're an apostle? I look at them, the nice fancy cars. 
the three-piece Armani suits, well, two-piece, three-piece is gone, right? Just two is the new thing now. And he's an apostle. He has a card that says apostle. And then I look at this. This is an apostle. And so it bothers me. Don't get me wrong. I mean, again, I don't, you know, I've learned from Jesus and I learned from Paul to rebuke the religious people. I never go after those that are, you know, still young in the Lord or even sinners. Because they, you know, why would I go after them? I go after people like that. And that's why it's big for me because a lot of people have been hurt because of people like that. You know, they don't, they, even using the t- title apostle, it's just ignorance because there's no apostle today. You see, according to the definition of an apostle, you read it, take it for home, read it. In Acts chapter 1, at the very end, when they wanted to fill in the spot for Judas, remember the 12 apostles, the, the 11th apostle, they voted and they picked Justice and Matthias. And they, Peter said they have had to witness, physically witness Jesus in order to be qualified. Physically, with their own eyes, had to see Jesus. And so they cast lots and they fell on Matthias. And then you see throughout Scripture, why, Paul is, why is Paul included? Paul saw Jesus. He was blind, okay, for three days. He saw Jesus. But it's not so much because that's all ignorance. They just love spiritual titles, the same thing with reverend. Reverend is not a biblical title for a leader. Where do you find reverend in the Bible? Because it's not in there. I'll save you the time. Now, there's nothing wrong. I know a lot of good people that are called reverends, and it's just, you know, out of customs and whatever they get. And they, that, they, love, they love the Lord. They, they're solid, you know. But the word reverend comes from fear. Fear, that's what the word reverend comes. You only find the King James Version. You won't find the New King James Version in Psalms. But it's to rev something that, is, that you fear. Would you... Would I want to be feared? I don't think anybody's going to fear me, so trust me. What I'm saying is I'm looking at the life of Paul, and he's an apostle, and the life and the things he's been through, and we have come so far, the church nowadays, you know, because you have one that today they call themselves apostles, and they want to upgrade on their Mercedes Benz, but you got somebody like Paul who labored hard, and he took a job while doing the ministry. And with his money, not only he supported the ministry, but he supported others Wouldn't that be great that if the minister instead would support the ministry and others, right? That would be great. But you see, that's a testimony. But I've been, you already know my story. I've been where Paul been. I've I've left my job for the ministry. I've I've, supported myself and my family six months without salary from anyone or the church. Six months paying my mortgage and my grant. So I know what Paul's been through. That's what I believe in. But you got some people who say, apostle? That's not an apostle. Look at the life of Paul. That's an apostle. The Bible is the central place for us to turn to as Christians for understanding and direction. While there are many wonderful books, websites, and resources to help churches with growth, the book of Acts is the foundation for biblical church growth. Join us as Eddie teaches through Acts verse by verse. To listen to this message in its entirety, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. That's runningtheraceradio.com. Although running the race is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. 
It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches the Word of God from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel of Milford. Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to runningtheraceradio.com and click on Service Times. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero. Please join us next time for the next edition of Running the Race.